Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, fans, friends, followers, listeners, and haters of the Wretched Hive podcast. Steve here. Happy Sunday to you and yours. Today is Sunday, June 10th, 2018. And uh, dropping a little mini episode on you this afternoon. Dave and I had the opportunity to go down and share a couple of beers down at Barley Forge in Costa Mesa. And beer lovers, if you have not been to Barley Forge in Costa Mesa, California, you owe yourself a trip down there. You need to try, if nothing else, the Patsy. Orange Curtain IPA is good. Patsy is outstanding on nitro preferably but the co2 version is just fine as well uh you will not be disappointed and dave and i met up there to talk a little bit of no surprise here star wars we had some stuff to get off our chest we had to meet up and talk about a few things because there's just not enough time during the week on the wretched hive podcast proper show the episodic show that we just needed to meet up and and get a few things out. Dave had a great theory about episode nine that I really like a lot, and he's going to share that with you. Uh, And then we talked a little bit about the fact that we're still processing The Last Jedi, and the conversation got a little deeper than I expected it to. started off as a post episode 63 conversation that Dave was not a part of and continued into this mini episode with Dave and I enjoying a couple of beers on a Sunday afternoon. What could be better? Beers on a Sunday afternoon talking Star Wars. So although you couldn't come with us, I'm glad you get to hear this conversation now. But what you can do is close your eyes, pretend you're sitting at a crowded bar with Dave and I, down in Costa Mesa, California, sipping on an ice-cold Patsy and listening in as we talk about Star Wars. You're not really there, but pretend you're there. Force project yourself into the bar with Dave and I, and I think you'll enjoy this mini-episode even more. So enjoy this conversation, and uh, have a great week. We will see you in a couple of weeks for episode 64. Until then, here's Dave and I and you talking down at Barley Forge. Enjoy. All right, so this is, by the way, have you seen? This is rolling now, by the way, way, just so you know. Okay, have you seen the news reports? Mark Hamill has never met Natalie Portman. Yeah, I saw that. He posted that on social media, Twitter or Facebook, right? Fun fact, I've never met Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's weird. It's just weird. It, it needs to happen. It is and it isn't just because I don't. Star Wars doesn't seem to me to be like Marvel, where Marvel has this whole like, it's a class, we're a family, we're going to gather people together and take pictures and do all this crap, you're all part of it. Lucasfilm has never really been like that. And maybe Lucasfilm needs to be like that a little bit. Well, as fans, you expect the, the connectivity to be real. And yeah, right? it's just not. <laughs> 
Hollywood, it, Hollywood is not the Golden Globes, it's not the Oscars. These people don't really party together. They don't go over to everybody's house all the time. Right. Old Hollywood magic is gone. Most of them don't even live in Los Angeles anymore. Johnny Depp doesn't even live in the country anymore. All right, now that you're rolling a little bit, now that I'm rolling a little and bit, this is so actually rolling for real. Okay, so I have a pop culture thing that I forgot to do. I know we have serious things we want to talk about, but there was yeah. a pop culture moment that I wanted to acknowledge on the podcast, and I completely forgot to. Okay. So this is this is actually from our close personal friends at the Hollywood Babylon podcast, Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. They brought this up. June 8th in comic book history is the date that on the streets of Gotham, Thomas and Martha Wayne were gunned down in a mugging gone bad by a hoodlum named Joe Chill, who was later arrested and convicted for the crime. Yeah. The only survivor of that mugging and the lone witness was their 10-year-old son, Bruce Wayne. And I'm telling you right now, that kid was probably really fucked up by that experience, and there's no telling what happened to him as an adult. <laughs> I think we know what happened to him as an adult, actually. <laughs> yeah. He had a fairly successful business career and then went on to uh, fight a lot of bad guys. Well, really, he inherited from his father. Let's just be real. Okay, all right. Let's be real. That's true. Unbelievable fake news. I didn't inherit anything from my father. I took out a loan. <laughs> it's a difference. Was it a small loan? There's nothing small about me. Not my hands. Not anything. Everything's big in Trump world. So that was June Just 8th? ask Stormy. That was June 8th? That was June 8th. Oh, DC Comics wow. apparently used to publish a calendar... So millennials, in the olden days, before we had smartphones, there were actual physical paper calendars that we would put on the wall to keep track of what month and day it was. Right. DC Comics would put these out for their fans, and every day had some interesting little tidbit that I think they just randomly assigned to a day, so they could say, like, oh, this was the day that Brainiac was was invented in the lab, or this was the day that a rocket ship crashed on Earth and Superman emerged. Oh, that's... What I need is a page-a-day calendar that you can tear off on your desk and yeah. has a fact for each day. Yeah. They have that. I have no idea. It's For probably DC or Marvel. It's probably worth investigating. That Marvel, would be fantastic. Marvel probably because they have the smarter like licensing stuff going on right now. All right. If I would bet on one, it would be Marvel. Okay. You're welcome, Marvel. By the way, you're welcome from the wretched hive. We love you. We All love right. you, Marvel. I want to get back to what we were saying before I plugged in the microphone into okay. my laptop. Do we need to acknowledge where we are? Um. Yeah, we didn't really start the show. I'll just. Okay. I'll, I'll say it at the top of the show. It's okay. All right. We're at we're at Barley Forge. Here in beautiful Orange County, California, it's Dave and I shooting the shit about Star Wars and everything else. And Dave was being really smart for once, and so I thought I'd plug in the mic and for once and uh, and capture Jesus. some of this. I know. <laughs> Jesus, if you're not the smart one on the show, who is? <laughs> that leaves Lent, and that's a problem. <laughs> uh, Lent has his moments. All right, so we we were talking about how to handle Carrie Fisher in episode 9 and a fake news story that you shared on our on our personal feed that I, that I literally shared with the header I am just trolling Greg Lent with this there is no other purpose for me right. sharing it that was not fact based at all so yes there is a, a, a quote unquote movie news site out there that I'm not going to name it may or may not be movie web but it's, I'm not going to it's, name it it's not what you're thinking it's not movie movie web at all no, no. it's probably not movie web probably not might rhyme with it though but I, I, it's movie web. It, it is movie web. Okay. But literally, the headline for the story says one thing, and then you get into the body of the story, and the body of the story very responsibly says, no, it's not this at all, which is just hilarious to me. But they were talking about spoilers for Episode 9, and that spurred us into a discussion of what could happen in Episode 9, 
and we dropped two things that made Steve take out his podcasting recording material, which he apparently carries with him wherever he goes. Well, when I'm going to meet with you, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of an intellectual type. I need to, I, I, I need to soak some of that up. Well, and by the way, Barley Forge hasn't blinked an eyelash at us picking this up out and putting it on the table and just going with it at this point. But as long as they keep selling us beers, they're fine. I'm sure they're fine with it. They're, they're, they're capitalists. I respect that. <laughs> but what, what we were talking about was. And it kind of sprung out of, in fairness, a point that, Steve, you were making out of uh, some some internet buzz about bringing back Luke Skywalker to do this or that. And I said that right. it was just, it was, fan- oh, what it was was a storyline where Snoke had really been controlling Luke all these years, and that was the reason he sidelined himself and did all these things. And yes. I, yes. I had a very forceful reaction to that, that I thought that was just fanboy wish fulfillment for people who were dissatisfied with Luke's story arc revealed in The Last Jedi and who couldn't grasp the fact that great people can sometimes make bad decisions and have difficulty dealing with the repercussions of them, which I think is a perfectly valid and very enlightening story choice, and I loved that arc for Luke, and I've gone on and on about that on the regular show. I don't need to do it again here, but I was just very dismissive of that, much to Steve's, I don't know if it was chagrin, amusement, or both. You can say chagrin and amusement and both. but that, that spurred us into a discussion of what do you do with Luke? And I had made I had made a point that in episode nine, if you want to try to address that, have Luke come back as a force ghost and mentor and be kind of the positive influence and impact and kind of regain his heroic standing with everybody. So we that the last image is not necessarily, you know, Luke is this this despondent shell of a person that we want him to be. But we actually get to see him being a hero and an inspirational figure and lighting a torch that will burn on throughout, you know, the next generation of Star Wars stories. And then I also said, you also need to address Carrie Fisher somehow. And I said that I would be absolutely shocked if we got through episode nine and there was not a frame of Leia at least appearing as a force ghost. Yeah. And I, I, jumping off of that in stream of consciousness this thought, I said, you know, honestly, that would be a good ending for it. Is if Episode Nine is really supposed to be the ending of the Skywalker family saga. If that's the case, then having Luke, Anakin, and Leia kind of just appear at the end, resting as, as Force ghosts, a la what Anakin did in the original, original Return of the Jedi, not the Hayden Christensen version, but the original Return of the Jedi, just resting in, just being there for like three seconds, no dialogue. You could pretty easily do that. I think that would be a nice capstone on on the storyline, so that now we know the torch has been passed to the new generation, born in this century, tested by war and strengthened by a hard and bitter peace. <laughs> Millennials, look it up. It's a great book. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've, we've got to see Leia in 9 in one way or another. We've got to see her. Yes. Yeah. Because you, you can't just have her magically disappear. No. Off of the Star Wars, uh, off the stage, uh, you, you can't do it. Yeah, you, you've got to explain it, and you've got to. If you're not going to show it, whatever the it is, wherever the story goes, you need to show her. And I'm so, but they've said they're not. They're not going to do a digital reproduction of her, right? So that's they've, they've said. They've said a lot of things. So having her as a force ghost and explaining what happens, yeah, that's. They, that's off the table. Oh, well, according to them, but that's exactly what I would say if I knew I was going to do it. Yeah. I mean, Lucasfilm has a financial interest in making sure that you don't know what's going to happen. So even if you ask them a question and your question is 
dead on, false, accurate, correct, they are going to lie to your face about it, and they should. And I don't have a problem with this. Alright. So, at the end of our last show, we had about a 20-30 minute post-show discussion. And it was about 12.45 and you had to go to sleep. Oh, did I bow out before the you, discussion You happened? bowed out, and so I... Well, I, do we want to do my other theory for episode oh, nine? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Because you wanted to memorialize that. Get to that, and then we'll, okay. we'll go to the post-show conversation, which is very relevant to all this. All right. Okay. So before we get to the heavy meat of why we're doing this, yeah. I had a theory that I shared with Steve because I just wanted him to, to check me on if it was a stupid idea or not, and he said it's not a stupid idea. We need to memorialize that in case it's right, so two years from now we can point at it and laugh at everybody else. Right. <laughs> I said that this thought has kind of occurred to me over the weekend since we did the show recording. We keep talking about siblings in this movie because there's a sibling heritage in Star Wars. And we keep operating around the idea that the siblings are Rey and Kylo. So what if that's incorrect? But what if the siblings are Rey and Poe? And the reason I say that is in the Star Wars comics that are coming out from Marvel right now, which are canon, and take place immediately after the ending of The Last Jedi. In one of the most recent comics, it's revealed that Poe is Force-sensitive, which makes sense, because if you read all the, the other comics Marvel has put out, Poe's mother was one of the surviving Rebel fighter pilots from uh, the Battle of Endor, and she went on a mission with Luke Skywalker shortly after the events of that movie, where they recovered the last surviving saplings from the, the Force tree, if you will, that was at the old Jedi Temple, destroyed in Revenge of the Sith. And Luke made a present to her of one of those saplings. She then had Poe, and that's why Poe is Force-sensitive. So I just suddenly thought, oh God, well if they had one, why didn't they have two? And what if Poe was the one who was kind of raised in the public eye, hidden in public, like Leia was, but Rey was put off in secret, like Luke was, just in case. So. I'm just throwing it out there. Steve doesn't think it's a stupid idea, which gratifies my heart a little bit. And we'll see what happens with it. I think it's a brilliant idea. I, I think it's a great idea, and I think it's actually right up Ryan Johnson's... Uh, it's in his wheelhouse well, the, to the, sort of turn it around on you. And what are you least expecting to happen? That Poe is a sibling. Yes, the same, the same but different, which yes, is ideally exactly. what you shoot for in any yes. sequel. But the real trick is... Is it something that appeals to J.J. Abrams? And let's be honest, J.J. Abrams is not known for being a strong finisher. That's very true. Alias Season 5, everybody. Felicity Lost Season 4. You know, Lost holds up. I was not a fan. I was not a huge fan of it, but it holds up a lot better if you binge watch it. I am a huge Lost fan, and I thought it was genius. I was okay with it. I loved it. I, I loved it more when I watched it all just kind of in sequence, yeah. as opposed to like, this is the last episode after six years. Yeah. If I... When I binged it over like a three-month period, I was like, oh my god, this is actually really good. Right. So. Alias, however, annoyed the hell out of me. Alias annoyed the hell out of me after about the first season and a half. <laughs> on the af- on the post-show conversation that you missed... Sorry about that. No, that's okay. You, I think you had to work like four hours later. Yeah. Or get up for work four hours later. Well, I, I just come off of like two 12-hour days back-to-back, too, which was not... Uh, brutal. So... Basically, the conversation hinged... We, we continued to talk about The Last Jedi and why folks are having such... We're still working our way through this. Why, you know, we, we, did, we uh, debuted the segment Scott Watch 2018, and we were kind of building off of that, you know, 
Scott because still has a huge problem with the film. Because he's kind of a hypocrite. That's why we debuted it. But moving on. Well, <laughs> I had a little little bit of an epiphany while I was talking about this. and So, so here goes nothing. So basically, The Last Jedi was loved by half the fans and hated by the other half. And so I would propose to you that the half that hated it fall into two categories. One is, and it, it's basically delineated by age. So one, one part of the group is folks that are our age, the 40-ish something, who grew up with the original trilogy and expected Luke Skywalker to act a certain way and behave a certain way and be the hero that he's always been for us. The other half were millennials that may not completely understand what Ryan Johnson was going for. Okay, so, Ryan Johnson has said... Did we just say millennials are not smart enough to understand what, what Ryan Johnson was trying to do with The Last Jedi? No, but you just said that. I'm, no, I, I, asked asked a, I asked a question. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying they may not have the life experience to understand. All right. Or to fully appreciate, I guess okay. is a better way to say it. Okay. So I like so fully appreciate better. Ryan Johnson has absolutely said... This is a story of a man who made mistakes and who was living out the consequences of those mistakes on his own and really looking back at his life with regret. And that is who that is who Luke is on that island. And <laughs> Dave's making the heart sign, so he agrees with me. Um, so, so let's take the first half of the group that does not like the film. That's millennials. They are not going to be able to appreciate that sentiment given where they are in their life they're you know 25 to 30 years old they have not lived experience lived uh, and had those lifelong regrets the way that that uh, Ryan Johnson had intended to communicate Luke's arc and so they may not understand the depth of Luke's pain in that regard no I was just gonna say I'm not sure I I think it's funny because a lot of them are probably already regretting their lives and they haven't even gotten to middle-aged yet Well played. Um, okay, so the other group of folks that didn't like it are the original trilogy crowd, the 40, 50-year-old, that's Dave and I. Okay, which we have much more authority to speak about, by yes, the way. Yes, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, we're right. Um, and so I actually shared that, look, I'm not all that comfortable looking at this and reflecting on my own life. I mean, I've been with this character for 40 years. That might be the point, by the way. I understand that. Okay. I understand that. And it's not easy to look in the mirror and go, whoa, do I have regrets that I need to look at? I have had, and then we talked about Luke's, Luke's arc and blowing up the Death Star and then, you know, ending up on off to, I've had some personal Death Stars that I've blown up. Absolutely. And, and, and the maker himself, George Lucas, uh, told fans at uh, one of the first Star Wars celebrations, don't hang your life on Star Wars. Go find your own personal Death Star and see what you can accomplish from blowing it up. And I've been through that a couple times. And I'm not all that entirely comfortable reflecting on my own history about it all. And I think that's part of the challenge for me personally. I'm not talking about any other fans, but for me personally, as a, I just turned 50 this year, you know, it's, it's hard to look back and think, Do I have regrets? Should I have regrets? I mean, this is Luke Skywalker, the hero of my childhood, going through what 
maybe I should be going through now or maybe what my future holds. I've got other Death Stars I need to blow up. Um, and will I have regrets after that, 25 years from now, when I'm Luke's age? I don't know. I hope not. And I hope I don't end up on some, you know, island out by myself and wanting to be a hermit and wanting to go there to die. But so there's a very personal element of this that I just sort of am wondering if that's a lot of the, the older fan backlash. It's not necessarily about, oh, my hero Luke Skywalker wouldn't behave that way. It's, I don't want to behave that way. And when it's personal like that, it means a lot. I, what I would say to that is, if you and I did not turn 50 this year, by the way. I, I will not be turning... You turned 55. I did not. I will not be turning 50 until... Uh, after Donald Trump is out of the White House, one way or another. Uh, Are you three years behind me? Six years behind you. Oh, sorry. Okay. Fine. Whatever. We're going to bring it up. Okay. We're going to bring it up. I'm just curious. But, but what I was going to say is, I anybody who is in our age group, thank you, male, male or female, who can say they don't have regrets, is an absolute liar. They may not be major regrets. Or there may be things that you're burying and not dealing with, but you can't you can't have experienced life this much and not have some regrets. You just can't. And even I, I make fun of millennials all the time because they're younger than me. But even if you're in your your twenties, your late twenties, early thirties, you can't tell me there aren't some legitimate things that you look at and you go, "What if I had taken this other fork in the road?" Or what if circumstances had just conspired to push me to that other fork in the road? Where would I be now? I, I mean, Robert Frost wrote a poem about it. You can't tell me that you don't have those experiences. Anybody who does is a damn liar. Yeah. Or somebody who probably has some stuff to deal with, and that's why they don't like The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, it's been a... Because in fairness... I know you ranked it low, but I don't put. I don't think you've ever said like I don't like this movie. You've just no. said it's not my. It's not my favorite. Right. I, I, Which no. is a subtle but important distinction. It's absolutely correct. I. It's not that I don't like the movie or I hate the movie or I think it's a bad movie. There are fans out there that are calling for Ryan Johnson's head essentially, and the, the, I actually saw a poll or a. Um, it was like a GoFundMe thing or something. Where the the title is Ryan Johnson needs to admit the Last Jedi is a bad movie. It's just there's that there's there's a tiny portion of fandom that we need to talk about as well. But there's a tiny portion of fandom that has taken this to an absolute extreme ridiculous place, and I am not absolutely not in that group. And I don't I don't really think anybody is for all the back and forth we have about it. Yeah. I go back to what Nico said originally, which was he doesn't really like the film that much, but he's open to making a final evaluation of it after he sees episode nine. Right. He wants to see what the full story arc is before he makes a final decision, yeah. which is totally valid. And even Scott, who doesn't like it, I think Scott would say that there is a ton of craft in that movie, even more craft than we saw in the prequels. He just doesn't care for the story. He's right. not insulting or denigrating you know anybody's parentage or abilities or anything he just doesn't like the choices that were made right right I'm, Scott if I'm speaking out of turn for you I apologize well he no I don't he, he's not here so whatever 
So he's working today. But, uh, you know... Is that, I, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> he's working. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. And I'll just add that, you know, I guess any good art that you take in and make it personal takes you on a path of self-discovery. And that's, that's sort of the path that I'm on. And I'm... I'm I'm one to to pay attention to the way I feel about things, and I this has really made me feel uncomfortable. So I'm kind of questioning, you know, maybe there's something there for me. And I, I'd be curious to hear from other fans. Is, is this is this what you? Do you have any? Does this sound right to you? Does it sound right on, or does it just sound like psychological mumbo jumbo that makes no sense? I would love to hear from our fans on this. Um, and get, did did. Did the force, or did uh, the Last Jedi, cause you to think about older fans? Cause you to think about where you are in your own life? Because I've I've related myself to Luke Skywalker and his arc my whole life, and to see him go through pain has been painful for me. And that's where I'll leave that. No, and it, it, when you talk about Luke Skywalker as a hero, this has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But I'm just throwing it out there because it's a thought that occurred to me. Sure, Return of the Jedi. He's not the only, he's obviously not the only hero in that, but Darth Vader actually has a heroic arc in that movie as well. Yeah. And to say Luke defeated the Emperor, which is the shorthand version of what we all, I think, say and talk about, is not fair. Yeah. Darth Vader right. and Luke and his father, Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker, defeated the Emperor. And he was a hero in the sense that he held out and sensed the good in his father and trusted that his father would, that good would reemerge. But at the end of the day, Vader made a heroic choice. And even though he did horrible, unspeakable things as Vader after his fall with Anakin Skywalker, he went back to the hero that he was prior to that. There were really two heroes in that, that confrontation at the end. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Well, this was a good little segment. Thanks for coming on the show. Happy to. Anytime. You know I'm always good.